It's wonderful to have you here. Great. And I saw Pastor Gary from Tokoroa, Pastor Steve and Jackie from Tiaraha. It's great. All the families together. Do you want to jump up on your feet? We're going to pray. Father, I thank you that we can come together so easily that we can come into your presence. And tonight we choose from the outset to come with expectation, to come with faith, to come with the expectation of encountering you and hearing your voice. Father, you've designed us to be in relationship with you. You've designed us to know your presence, to walk in your presence. And so tonight we choose to put the stuff that fills our heads and the stuff that fills our lives to the left and to the right to turn our attention to you. The King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the I am, the start, the end, everything in between. And so right from now we open our hearts before you and we say, Holy Spirit, speak. We're listening. We want to hear your voice. We want to encounter your power and encounter your presence to encounter a relationship with you tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. Let's get into Let's praise together. And I know life will only get better with you. My soul makes its stand to keep waiting. And I know life will only get better with you. And my soul makes its stand to keep waiting.
We're gonna get ready to jump. Jump, 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 Praise God yet. Even when my world is shaking, you're still in control. I look to your love. I look to your love. You would show me better than I would know. Daily I will choose. Fix my eyes on you. Forever I will go. And I know. Run into 
every single one of us, right where we're at. May we be open to you as we lift you up, as we praise you. May we be open to you to pour out upon us. Thank you. Thank you for what you want to do in our lives tonight. Pour out your blessing. Pour out your anointing. Pour out your courage, a fresh courage upon every person in this place, a refreshment upon every person in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's give him a great big hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Welcome to church tonight. Yeah, session three, double portion. Tonight was good. Who was here tonight? Uh, sorry, this morning was good. <laughs> Tonight's tonight. This morning was great. Who was here this morning? Yeah, good. Great. Get expectant for more. Who's here that wasn't here this morning? Yeah, good. Awesome. We're going to have a great night, aren't we? Great. Well, how about you say hi to someone next to you as you take your seats? tonight. It's great to have you with us at Activate Church tonight. So enjoy yourselves with us. If you are here for the first time, relax. You're part of the family tonight. So put your feet up. Take your shoes off if you want, as long as they're not too, okay. But if they're smelly, smelly feet, maybe keep them on. But relax. If you are here for the first time, we would love if you haven't already received one of our welcome packs, and we'd love you to pick one up on your way out. Our lovely host down the back there waving. If you have a, look, uh, a quick look, they've got some a white gift bag to give you on your way out. So pick one of those up on your way out. And uh, we would love to get to know you better. So if you would like us to get to know you better and you get to know us better, we would love you to fill out the form inside the white bag and pop it into one of our giving boxes out in the foyer. Enjoy your evening with us. 
celebrate the birthdays and the wedding anniversaries. Has anyone had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the past week? Did I see Tina's face? Yes, I thought I did. Tina, beautiful Tina Hall has had a birthday. Is anyone gonna come and join Tina? We have chocolate here. <laughs> Are you already eating chocolate? <laughs> Just ladies, anyone had a birthday or wedding anniversary in the past week? You deserve chocolate. Okay, we've got everyone. Let's stand together, church family. We're going to bless these beautiful women. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, purpose, and protection over them this year. Activate your loving goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give them a hand. <laughs> Happy birthday. Great. It's great to celebrate. October is an amazing month. Yeah, ACAT, yes. Yes, the month has come. <laughs> oh, no. My birthday's before Christmas. <laughs> But it is nearly Christmas, actually. Also, October, in October, is um, Activate Church's CIA Month, what we call CIA, CIA Month, Church in Action. We are a church in action every single month, but we're also rather purposed. So we, we need to be purposed every single month, don't we? Anyhow, October is Church in Action Month, and something as part of Church in Action we have coming up this coming Sunday, we are going to meet together here at 10 a.m. We say 10 a.m. 10 a.m. This coming Sunday morning, we are going to muck in. We are going to get out there in our community and we're going to muck in. So what you need to do is be here 10 a.m. in your gardening clothes or your muckin gear, whatever that is, your old drags, you know, and put on some preferably covered shoes maybe a hat for the sunshine. Let's pray for sunshine. And if you want to bring gardening gloves or whatever, bring a drink and a snack in case you get thirsty and hungry. And we're going to go out into our community, into various areas. There'll be some mucking in also here, building some things, doing some baking. And then we're going to go out to various schools and uh, different places, alleyways and things like that. You'll hear all about it at 10am where we're going to go. So 10 a.m. here next Sunday. That's going to be amazing, isn't it? We're going to finish up at Insole School for a barbecue together. Isn't that great? Yeah, and then we're going to have 6 p.m. as well. So that's going to be great too. So 10 a.m., 6 p.m. next week. Plus, and something else as part of our CIA month is the light party. Who, who's been a part of the light party before 31st of October? I love the light party. It is so great. This place is filled. It's like it's it's turned into a, I don't know, what would you call it, gems? An extravaganza or something. I just say every kid's dream or every kid's Christmas. It's incredible. This place is just filled with amazing activities and like, yeah, an amazing carnival for the kids. 
on October the 31st. Way better than going door to door the chocolate. They get it all here, loads of fun. The parents get to sit out in the foyer and have coffee and cake. Isn't that great? And I love I loved, uh, serving out there, meeting all the parents and then popping also into the here and maybe doing some fun things too. But anyway, so if you want to be a part of that, October the 31st. Also, you might like to think how you can be. How can we be in action in our community? How can I be? What can we do for our neighbours? What can we do for our workmates this month? We are a church in action. Amen. Amen. Yes, amen. Great, you're there. Alive, awake, still expectant. Yes, fantastic. Well, we're going to continue in our worship together. It's such a privilege to join together as a church family tonight and lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up our Heavenly Father. So we're going to continue in that. Now, how about we stand together? Father, we glorify you. We magnify you. We lift you up above everything else that is going on in our lives above everything else that is, that is playing a part in our minds right now, we push that to the side. We lift you up. We glorify you. May you be honoured in this place. May you be honoured in our lives. Thank you, Father. Let's worship. Father. Our Father, all of heaven rose your name. Sing louder. Let this place erupt with praise. Can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth. The sound of heaven touching earth, our Father, and all of heaven rose your name, sing louder, let this place erupt with praise, can you hear it, the sound of heaven touching Sound of heaven touching earth, thou Father. All of heaven rose your name, sing louder. Let this place erupt with praise. Can you hear it? Sound of heaven touching sound Spirit break out Break our walls down Spirit break out 
Jesus. You're the name we're lifting high, your glory. Shaking up the earth and skies, be like you. want to see your
singing and that's with this breath in our lungs in a moment let's give Jesus the biggest praise but then I want us to when we finish just to go silent because he speaks in a quiet whisper but let's open the door with praise and then in a moment of hush turn your ears to him what's he saying Expect, by faith, expect Him to drop something into your spirit. Expect Him to speak to you tonight. Tonight could be the life-changing word or the, the word that He drops into you that'll just get you unstuck from the situation you're facing. It could be the word that would bring healing to a relationship. It could be a word He drops in your ear that'll solve a problem that you just haven't been able to solve. Who knows? But I know this, when I listen, He talks. Well, actually, He's always talking. When I listen, I hear. That's the deal. You alright with that? Too bad we're doing it. Cool. On the count of three, let's give Jesus a massive praise, eh? One, two, three. We praise you, Lord. We honor you in this place tonight, Jesus. You're worthy of our praise. We lift you up. You're glorious. Spirit, we love your presence. Whether we're jumping, praising, shouting, or silent. We love to be in your presence. I thank you that you're in this place. I thank you that 
you want every person in this place to encounter you. Spirit just drop something into your spirit. Awesome. People everywhere. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, it's a great privilege tonight to have Pastors Wayne and Ruth Swift with us from Melbourne. And uh, Pastor Wayne is our overseeing minister for Activate Church here in Hamilton. And uh, he also leads the Apostolic Church of Australia and him and Ruth together pastor church in Melbourne, 1330. And uh, I've known them for quite a lot of years now and it really is a great privilege to do life's journey with people like Wayne and Ruth. And uh, often you're doing it from afar, sometimes you're doing it closer together and it's just awesome to have you guys here, it really is. And so thank you for taking the time out to be with us this weekend. We uh, not only appreciate you but we honour you and uh, not only honour you personally but we also honour God for the gifts that he's placed on your lives. So Pastor Wayne's going to come and talk to us for a, a little bit, share with us, and then we're just going to see what God does after that. Cool? And it's, how about giving Pastors Wayne and Ruth a massive big hand? Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be with you tonight. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to open the Word of God. It's great to be friends with Sheridan and Jan, um, and I'm pleased with the progress the church is making. You know, uh, I'm privy to uh, the minutes of the meetings and many of the other things that go on in the church, and um, it's uh, it's pleasing to see that the prog- that the progress the church is making. Uh, but I want to want to speak and prophesy that it's only just beginning. Uh, you, you know, as, as I was standing there, I just sense you, the church is about to enter into a whole new era. Now, some of you will say, is that tomorrow? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's going to take some time. Over the next six, and tw- uh, six to 12 months, you're going to see the church enter into a whole new era. You're going you're to see things happening that you've prayed for and believed for. But there's going to be a whole bunch of other things that will take place that you're not prepared for that God will drop into your lap. And something significant will will happen amongst the people of this church that will change the structure of the church, will change the confidence of the the members, if I can put it that way, that will increase the impact on the city and and the cities around about. But it's over to you. The access to this is... uh, Something that happens as a result of what you do in your connection with God. You know, we're, we're here tonight. Uh, there's one little head in the way, but I can see now. I just see the time. Uh, we're here for a short while. What I mean tonight, we're here for a short while. You know, I think you normally finish by about 7.30 or so. And so in the next 45 minutes, what I want you to do is get value out of that time. 
Um, You've you got two options. You can stay for 45 minutes and, and just pass the time. Or you can access something from God, not so much from me, but something from God that will transform your life, will change it tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. I figure there's no point wasting time. There's no point staying the same. You know, if God is in this room, which he, which he is, then we have access to him. And when we have access to him, something significant can happen in us that will transform us. The beneficiaries will not only be ourselves, but the people around us in our workplaces, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, wherever it is that we go, God can do something in us and something through us that others will benefit from. So tonight I want you to believe. I want you to expect. I want you to demand something from God so that he can do in you what he desires to do. And you might say, well, what do you mean by demand? Let's turn, if you've got your Bibles, to, to Nehemiah. I just want to read some verses of Scripture and, and set a basis for what we're about to do. Nehemiah chapter 1, and uh, some of it I'll read, some of it I won't. That's partly because of my age and the fact that I haven't got my glasses here. Verse 3. No, 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 it's fine. I'm joking, really. I can read it, but I, I like to... Uh, my wife wears glasses more often than I, and I just... I like to stand alongside her and encourage her, you know. But I'm not surprised that you're wearing glasses, right? Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just, just joking. It's all right. Somebody suggested it'd be great to have some humor, so it's your fault. <laughs> not you, Sheridan. The guy behind you. Yeah, yeah. The, the guy with the cheeky smile. Verse 3, chapter 1 says this. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down. The gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, prayed to the God of heaven. And then I said, and it goes on and he prays. Uh, for those of you who don't understand the context of the verse of Scripture, Nehemiah is in a foreign country. He's a cupbearer to the king. He is, um, he's an important man in that particular country, but the, 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 he'd received a report for, from some friends about his, his home country, if you like, and uh, in particular Jerusalem. And he, he got this report, received this report, and heard of the, 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 the way the place had been broken down. The walls are broken down in the city. It means that the, the city is exposed. It, 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 it's going to rack and ruin, if you can put it that way. Now, some of you will say, what on earth has this got to do with us? Let me tell you, your city is going to rack and ruin. And I'm not meaning structurally, but spiritually and emotionally. The people in this community need Jesus Christ. And we, you and I, have the answers to the, to the difficulties they face. It is, it is heart-wrenching to read stories in the newspaper, to see them on the television about what happens in people's lives and happens in families. Uh, I don't know about here, but, you know, in, in, in Melbourne in particular, where we're from, the drug epidemic and the destruction that brings. The people around about us need Jesus Christ. And and, and, and Nehemiah heard this story about his city and he was distraught. As a matter of fact, it says he mourned and he wept because of what was happening to the city that, that he, his ancestors came from and it moved him to a place of prayer. 
Now, this morning we talked about purpose. We talked about double portion, a few things like that. And I said, you know, 95% of our purpose ought to be a testimony of the relationship we have with Christ. In other words, as we live and walk and move throughout our lives, the bulk of what we are purposed to do, the bulk of what we are called to do, the bulk of what we are built for is to testify the relationship we have with Him, not only with our mouths, but through the way that we live. Wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. Did I get that wrong? Oh, I got it right. That's all right. In my mind, I thought, hang on, did I? But I want to talk to you tonight about that that 5%. The 5% that you hanker for, the 5% that I hanker for, which says, hey, God, what am I actually going to do for you in this earth? What about, uh, what, what about the next five years? What about the next 10 years? What specific thing do you have in mind that you want me to do that can make a difference in the world in which I live? And Nehemiah is at that place. He's heard the report. He gets to a place where he says, I sat down and wept. In fact, for, doors, uh, for days I mourned, fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. And then I said, and he prays. And then he goes through a process of getting confirmation about the intention of his heart. And he goes to the king and he asks for resources. So far, nobody knows what's going on. All that has happened is Nehemiah has received word. He's he's received a burden in his spirit, a burden in his heart about what it is that he wants to do for God. He's got confirmation as a result of the time of fasting, the time of prayer, and then confirmation as a result of the, uh, the resources that were coming his way to begin the work that he intended to do. I want to skip down to um, chapter 2, and it's here somewhere. Verse uh, 16 says, The city officials did not know uh, that I'd been out there or what I was doing, for I'd not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I'd not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. But now I said to them, and then he goes and he tells them what's going to take place. What had happened is God had spoken to Nehemiah in his heart. He'd, God had spoken to him about the, the plight of the people and the difficulty that they were in. And, and Nehemiah went through a period of gestation, if I can put it like that, where he didn't talk to everybody about what God had said to him. But he began some preparatory processes. As a matter of fact, you know, they went around, uh, you know, he went from where he was, he got the resources he needed, and he got back to, he got to Jerusalem. Then he snuck out at night a little earlier on in that, uh, in that chapter, in verse 2, chapter chapter 2, verse 11. It says, so I arrived in Jerusalem three days later. I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. So what happens is you've got this gestation period where Nehemiah is is preparing himself for what God has called him to do, for what God has purposed for him to do. But he doesn't tell anybody. He keeps it to himself because what he's doing is building up a sense of reassurance that what God has said he, he, he is accurate or what God has said to him, he's heard accurately and he's preparing. He's getting the, 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 the ducks lined up, if you like, so that he knows that what he's heard is what he ought to do. The first point I want to make this, this evening is this. You need to get to know in your heart, just as Nehemiah did, what it is that God has purposed for you to do. 
Now, some of you will say, well, I just don't know. I just don't know. Can I say to you tonight, the heart you have is the one that God has already spoken into. Some of you, and you've heard this said before, some of you have had dreams and visions and things like, in, things like that in days gone past. God, I believe, has spoken to all of us about what His purpose through our lives is. It's just we're yet to discover it. We haven't taken the time that Nehemiah took to fast. We haven't taken the time to pray. We haven't taken the time necessarily to line it up and to get a, a sense of reassurance that what we've heard is accurate. But what we need to do is take time to do that. And so the first area for us to consider when we're talking about God's purpose for our life is what God said, has said to us in our hearts. And for every one of you here tonight, if you're not sure what it is that God has, sa has said to you, you can get some sense of, conf uh, get some sense of uh, confirmation if you take the time that's necessary. The second point I want to make is this. To do what God has called you to do, you need confidence. Confidence is derived from relationship. So if I'm, if I'm walking down a dark alley, and I'm with someone who's got some competence about them physically, then my confidence increases, doesn't it? Do you know, I'm a, I'm a short guy. I don't know if you realize that. Well, I'm actually a normal height. Anyone taller than me is abnormal. Anyone shorter than me is abnormal. Uh, I, I'm actually normal weight. Probably not, but anyway. <laughs> you see, if, I, if I'm walking down a dark alley and... Um, and there is a threat of violence, but I'm with someone who's competent physically, you, you know, able to protect. My confidence increases, doesn't it? My confidence increases when I walk down a dark alley with my wife because I know she'll be able to beat off any mean and nasty people. My confidence would increase if I walked down an alley with Ray because I know they'd attack him first. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all right, come on. The point, <laughs> with his big ping pong bat, yeah, or his speedos from when he was Mr. Mount Monganui. <clears throat> That'd scare anyone off, right? <laughs> the point is this. Too often what happens is we get a word from God in our hearts about what God has purposed for us or what he's called us to do, and we lack the confidence to deliver. Do you know confidence, if I can say this now, some people will argue with me and that's fine, um, but the point I want to make is this. Confidence is something to do with what goes on up in here. It's less to do with what's here and more to do with what's up here. The reason you lack confidence is because of what's going on up here. It, it, uh, and you, Nehemiah's confidence increased because of what was going on up in here. How did he get confidence? Through relationship. The relationship his relationship with God. How did he get confidence out of his relationship with God? He talked to God about what he was planning to do. And then God confirmed what he was to do through signs. Number one was the king. Uh, the other was the protection he received as he traveled to Jerusalem. And so I'm saying to you tonight, the first step is this. Find out what God has placed in your heart. The second is this. Grow in confidence to put into action the thing that God has placed in your heart. But that, action, that confidence needs to be derived not from the, the fellowship of somebody else, but the confidence that comes from knowing God for yourself. You can't borrow confidence from someone else's experience with God. 
You know, if you read through the New Testament, you'll find a story about the seven sons of Sceva who attempted to cast out demons and got beaten up in the process. It was because they tried to derive authority from, uh, from some other manner than from a direct relationship with God for themselves. And I'm here to tell you tonight that confidence to do what God is calling you to do is yours to access, but it's only available firsthand. It's not going to come from me. It's not going to come from somebody else in this room. It's going to come from God himself. Now, I'm not suggesting that people can't encourage you and build you up. But if you are trying to get them to boost you to the place where you put into action the thing God has called you to do, it's, they haven't got the words. They haven't got the support. They haven't got all that they need to give you what you need to put into action what God has called you to do. The reason Jesus left the Holy Spirit with us was so that we could have what we need to do what he's called us to do. The third point I want to make out of this is this. To execute, you need to do something. It's one thing to hear from God. It's another thing to have confidence about the thing that you've been called to do. But there must come a point at which you actually execute. It's the work of your hands. You know, for us to do what God has called us to do, there needs to be an outcome. And there ought to be beneficiaries. The beneficiaries are not us. God has called me to do something just like he called Nehemiah to. Nehemiah did not benefit from the walls being rebuilt around Jerusalem. He was not the beneficiary. As a matter of fact, his life was on the line. And the beneficiaries were the people who lived in the city. The beneficiaries were the people who who, uh, moved back to the city. The beneficiaries were the following generations that experienced the safety and security of the city that had been rebuilt. There was a new sense of confidence that came to the people in the city because Nehemiah did what he was called to do and they restored their relationship with God. You know, the book of um, uh, Ezra records some of what happened there as well. Can I tell you tonight, God wants you to hear, number one, to hear what it is that he's called you to do. He wants you to grow in confidence to do the thing that he's called you to do. And then he wants you to do it. Tonight, I believe there's three people, these three different sorts of people in this room. There are some who are asking the question whether or not, Stanley, if you could come back to the keyboard, that'd be great. I don't know where you've gone, but there are three sorts of people in this room. There are those that need reassurance in their heart and what we want to do tonight is we want to pray for you we want to prophesy over you want we want you to encounter God for yourself I said at the start of this little talk if you like that we don't want to waste this time we've got 45 minutes we don't want to waste this time we want to encounter God for ourselves and if you've got a question in your heart about what God has called you to do then you need to get an answer and it starts tonight now I'm not suggesting it'll finish tonight it'll start tonight because Nehemiah attended it attended to it himself as well he prayed and he fasted he got alone and then he and he met with God to get surety about what it is that he's called to do and some of you tonight need to take a step of faith and say, God, I, I thought I knew, but I'm now not sure. Or I think I know what it is. Tonight, what we want to do is want to add our faith and courage and encourage and encouragement to you and believe with you that that will that, become clearer. Some of you lack confidence. And we'll pray for you tonight that, uh, that your relationship with God will blossom in a way that confidence will come again. Some of you know what it is you're called to do, but you haven't had confidence enough to implement it or to talk about it.
Can I suggest to you that if God is calling you to do something, it's not somebody else's responsibility. It's yours. It's amazing how many people God speaks to and yet they somehow try and handball the responsibility to somebody else. Well, I just think we should try and feed the people in the city. Why doesn't the church do that, Sheridan? God's spoken to me about it. Sheridan's response is likely to be, go for it. That's what God's called you to do. Go for it. And there are many initiatives as yet un, uh, uh, uninitiated simply because we've heard from God and yet not got the confidence to do something about it. And the third is this. Some of you have built in confidence. You've heard from God. You just haven't got started. You're procrastinating. It's time to act. It's time to do something about it. Ruth shared this morning briefly about um, the ministry that, uh, and, and just to clarify some things, it's women that go in a bus together and they go from brothel to brothel on a Friday night. And they go in and they just, um, they just love the, the women that are working in those places. And uh, in an attempt to lead them to Jesus Christ eventually, not, not at the, that point in time, but to provide an opportunity. Many of the prostitutes are people that don't speak English well. They've been brought in from another country and they're there, stuck there. Many of them doing it not because they chose to, but because they've had no choice. Um, but that ministry wouldn't have started unless somebody started it. You know, great idea. We know God will provide. But at the end of the day, you've got to do it. And, and you know, the difference between you getting started and not getting started is, uh, is your willingness to take responsibility. And the recipient, you won't be the recipient of it somebody will be just like Nehemiah's recipient the recipients of Nehemiah's work were the people in Jerusalem so the people of Hamilton or wherever it is that God has called you to do what it is that you're called to do there are recipients waiting for you can I say this if you don't respond then they might not receive what it is that God has in mind for them I don't like the thought that that God will compensate for our procrastination. Some people say, oh, well, if you don't do it, God will raise somebody else up. You know, there is a lot of people, I think, that miss out simply because God doesn't raise somebody else up. We can either serve Him or not serve Him. If we choose not to serve Him, there are people that miss out. If I choose not to speak to somebody in the workplace or whatever it is, that person doesn't receive the thing that God directed a servant to do. The consequences of that are considerable. Tonight, we want God to touch your lives. We want Him to move in your life. We want you to be touched and changed and transformed. Now, for some of you, it'll be a journey. It may take some time. But let's just believe together that God will do something profound. Will you stand together with me? I want to start by praying and ministering to people who have got a burden. Read from Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah received the report. And his response to the report was the burden that he felt. It says that he wept. He heard on the inside, fasted and he prayed. Because somehow that news became burdensome to him 
And as a result of that, it triggered a responsibility. Tonight in this room, I believe there are people who are carrying a burden. It may well be that that burden is the beginning of what it is that God wants to do in you and through you in the days, months, perhaps even the years that lie ahead. While we're standing together here, I want if that's you tonight, I want you to make your way to the front. God has laid a burden on your heart for something. I want you to make your way to the front and stand there and say, hey, that's me. Haven't done anything about it yet. Don't even know if I'm supposed to do something about it yet. But if that's you, I want you to make your way to the front and say, God, I don't know why, but I feel unusually emotionally strong about this issue, about this circumstance, maybe about this person. Don't hold back. We're going to start to, maybe just a quiet worship song. As we do, we're going to start to minister to people tonight. If you're standing here in this place tonight, I want you to begin to pray with us. It's an encounter with God. God is going to do something in those that are here and have responded. Let's pray.
word it was very similar to what God gave me but what I felt God say to me that he was going to do some some um, sifting and shifting not out of the place you're not leaving <laughs> but what I believe God was saying to me was that he was going to sift and he was going to shift and what that means is he was going to sift some of the rubbish out of people's lives to shift them into a new realm of where God wanted them to be. He's going to sift some of you and shift some of you into new areas of responsibility and service. And as you're shifted into the new areas of service, God's going to break open things in this place that you didn't even think could be broken open. And some of you have been sitting, and I don't want to say... Half of me doesn't even want to say this, but some of you have even had negativity that has come out of your mouth about the house that you're in. And the Lord's saying, I'm going to sift it. That's a hard word. 
He's going to sift it out of you, shift your thinking and revive you. And you're going to be one of the catalysts of seeing this place opened and changed and seeing a growth that comes into it. Because God's come to do a shifting in your thinking. Some of you have said, I can't even do it, God. I don't even have anything within me. He's going to sift it out of your thinking and shift you into the realm of it's not about you. It's about God inside of you that enables you to rise up and be all. Because the Scripture is so clear that it says it's not by your might nor your power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. So He's going to sift and shift. And some of you need some sifting to take place. Some stuff to come out that shouldn't be there. And as it comes out, He's going to go, right, now I can shift you into the area that I need you to be in for me to be able to use you in the way that you're meant to be used. So really right now, I just want to open up the front. This is a family. And family doesn't look at other people and go, ooh, need some sifting. I want to open up the front right now. If you feel like you need some mindset changes, and I'm not talking that you're gossiping or doing anything. I'm talking about you as an individual. You're there and you want to serve God. You're saying, God, I need to have something shifted in me because I need to feel like I can move into the realm where you want me to be. I need some sifting in my thinking so that I can shift and do the things that you're asking me to do. Come on, if that's you, If you want to do the things that you know God's asking you to do, but you feel a restriction, you feel like, I need something taken off me. It's got to be removed because I don't want to stay like this. Because God, I want to be the one that you can come and say, beautiful, I'm going to use you to do some incredible things. This place is going to break open. Wayne said it. God doesn't lie, but it's got to be a hunger that comes out of people that says, God, sift whatever it is out of me so I can be shifted into the realm where you want me to be. So if you want to just come. In a a similar tone, you know, I had a picture of and I, and I don't know if this is just specifically for men, but I had a picture of a team, maybe a rugby team, and a bunch of guys who are playing within themselves. I don't know if you use that term here. It's, um, well, what, what it is, is when someone plays within themselves, it means they've got potential to do more, but they just contain themselves. And you know, the sense I had was that tonight there are uh, men in particular who are playing within themselves. In other words, they've got more to offer and yet they continually, with a sense of pride, thinking it's the right thing, say, no, 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 I'll just contain myself a little bit. I could do more, but no, 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 this I won't do it this time. And what's happened is initially you started out that way and you thought, oh, this is okay. Now it's become a habit. And what happens is every time the game is played, you don't offer the best you've got to offer. And you think that's okay. 
You think, oh no, that's just, you think that somehow that's respectable. But what you're doing is you're letting down the team, not this team, but you're letting down Christ. It's sort of like you're saying, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give 60% of myself. 60% is okay. I've got a whole lot more potential, but 60% is okay. It's respectable. No, 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 it's not respectable. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And I believe that in particular, some men tonight, you need to respond and say, you know what? I have played within myself. I haven't given it my best shot. And I don't know specifically what it is that God is challenging you in, but it's like you've got more to give and you've been wasting time by playing less than you ought to or by giving less than you ought to. And the result for your own life isn't what it could be, but the result for the church, the kingdom of God, isn't what it could be either. It's like the game's over and you've walked off. You had more to give, but you held it back to yourself. You withheld. So if that's you tonight, I know it's, it's a tough thing to say, but if that's you, I want you to come out and say, you know what, 100%. I'm not holding back anymore. I'm not withholding anymore. I'm going to give 100% to the thing God has challenged me with. He's going to do something extraordinary. We're going to keep praying, ministering to people. If that's, that's you and you want to respond, you feel free to respond. We'd love to pray for you.
thank you for coming out tonight. We're going to close the meeting, but we're going to keep going. If you'd like prayer for anything at all, I invite you to come forward and someone would love to stand with you, minister to you. As we finish, we're going to do two things. Tonight, we want to receive an offering for our guests to say thank you to them. So if the host team, if you could ready yourselves for that, please, that would be wonderful. We really want to bless Pastors Wayne and Ruth as they go. Thank them for being with us. Also, thank you for your giving. We purpose the new giving. Let me pray. Declare uh, God's blessing over you this week. Father, I thank you for your church. I thank you for what you're doing in your church. I thank you that your hand is on every person here, and I declare your blessing, your favor on every person, on every home, on every family, every marriage, every business represented in this place. We declare your favor in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we go into this week, I ask that each of us would carry the courage and the faith that wherever we are and whenever we're there, we could be like Jesus to those that you've put around us. So as we go, I ask that you would fill us afresh with your power. Holy Spirit, you would fill us afresh, that we would have an incredible sense of taking you with us into Hamilton and beyond this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like prayer for anything at all, come down the front. Someone would love to pray with you.